0: Well, the long-awaited sporting event of the summer is finally here, the Summer Olympics. Have you watched any of these uh, so far? I suppose most of us have. And uh, you think about it, before us are the fittest bodies on the planet. I mean, they are perfectly trained, toned, and tuned. And some of the athletic feats they accomplish are just amazing. Now, not all of us, well, none of us in here are that athletic. Uh, however, if you think about it, our bodies still are, are quite amazing. Sometimes in life we remember little minor things and we re- we think, why did I even remember that, right? So here's one for you. I'm in college and I'm taking uh, one of those science classes for non-science majors. And I remember I remember sitting at my desk in my dorm room with a science textbook reading about how much blood my heart is pumping through my body at that moment and just spending some time thinking about that just amazed me and I can tell you I grew in faith reading my science textbook that night just thinking about how amazing this body is that God has designed and given me. Now, we can do amazing things athletically, and even not, our bodies are are still amazing, but they are still weak, frail, and Today is important to me that that I'm alive, and to be honest with you, the next 10 years and beyond are kind of important to me that that I'm alive, but if you look at my life in the context of human history, okay, it's not much, it's just a little, it's tiny, and the difference between a day and 10 years in the context of human history, it's really... Not much. Even though it's so important to to you and I here right now, it's, I mean, time just flies by and we're we're done. The theme of this message tonight is the title of the sermon, and it's not very happy of a title, is it? Uh, Why Our Bodies Don't Matter. Now, a little disclaimer. I'm working on another message right now. It's not done yet. And the title of that message is Why our bodies matter. Okay, so, Pastor Greg, this is a little bold, but you need to invite me back again. (laughs) I've never said that in a church before. (laughs) To to get the second part. Okay, so stay with me. This is only half of the the complete biblical understanding of human body. but, But part of that understanding is, part of it is, why our bodies don't matter. Now, typically, you know, in a message, the scripture reading will be done before I start preaching or, or even right now, but, but stay with me. I, I just, for a moment, would like us to think about the world's perspective on body. And then when we get to the word's perspective, the God's word's perspective on body, then I will, I will read the scripture text. So, uh, first, just a, a few comments on the world's perspective of body. Uh, first... Extending life as the greatest good. Now, of course, it is wise to make healthy, good decisions about your life. And when you do that, you often extend your lifespan, right? Uh, But when people look at body and all they see is a bundle of DNA and cells and molecules, if all we are is only biology, well then, to extend this short time we have at all costs and and raise it up as the most important thing, there are many people uh, that do that. And from time to time, you'll read articles in the news about how to extend uh, your life, which are are not all bad. Uh, I recently read this in the news. We'll take this to heart after the Olympics, Okay. Okay, uh, so they did a study on sitting and not sitting and lifespan, and one of the things they say is that if, if we cut the time we spend on the couch watching TV to less than two hours a day, then you will add about 1.4 years to your overall life expectancy. It's kind of interesting. Maybe that will be worth it to you tonight to hear that. I don't know. But uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Extending lifespan. Now, what got me thinking about this in a deeper way was actually a Christianity Today cover story in 2011. And uh, the title of the article was Chasing Methuselah. You know that guy in the Old Testament that lived at 969 years or 96 close uh, years. Uh, Methuselah, Chasing Methuselah by uh, Todd Daly. And uh, in the article, he talked about some, uh, some of the latest scientific research going into how we can uh, extend life expectancy. Interesting. One of the things they found was fasting can extend your lifespan. Like fasting as in not eating food as in Christians say, prayer and fasting, uh, that can extend your life. Now, as a Christian, the purpose of fasting, well, it's prayer and fasting. It's giving up food to realize your ultimate need for God and seeking God. That's the reason for fasting. It's not just I'm going to fast so I can live longer. However, a person that just looks at body as a bundle of DNA and that's all, of course, the scientists, what they're working on now is to try to come up with a pill that mimics fasting without having to fast. Oh, if only we could have this. And, of course, they're missing the point that there is more to us than just biology. So, one way of looking at the body from the world's perspective, you know, is just, you know, we're not here long, so we, the, the most important thing is to live the longest that we can. Uh, the second thing is the body is as idle, as idle, and a lot could be said here, um, I'm just going to have a few brief comments, but uh, in our world... <laughs> there are many people that the focus of their lives is to achieve a certain look or a certain body. And especially they've done huge studies with uh, uh, girls, young girls, teenage girls, college girls, the presentation of, of what a woman should look like that's in the media that damages the, the girls. And they're, we're never going to measure up. and. I must have a certain appearance, a certain body, in order to be worth something. And that is the focus. And body can become, it can become idol, an idol. Uh, so this summer, uh, I, uh, I met somebody that was maybe... Well, what shall I say? The per- I had a conversation with this person, and it was probably the most tattooed, pierced person that I've had a conversation with, okay? Sometimes you see and you tell your children not to stare, right? And then you stare. No, but uh, so I had this conversation, and uh, you know, I, I forced myself, and this was good, just to look into his eyes, just to talk, because he's a person. Look into his eyes, and And it just got me wondering and thinking, you know, what was going on. And, of course, God is the judge. He sees the human heart. Um, I I don't want to say I know about this. However, there are people that say, this is my body. I'm going to do whatever I want with it. And I'm going to express myself in certain ways with it. Um, however I want to, and comes across that the body is their idol. Now, maybe this was an extreme that I shared here. However, these things can affect us as Christians, these worldly perspectives of body. And I just chose uh, three ways how they can affect us. First, uh, lead us to a place of discontent. We are not content with the way God has made us, and God wants us to to be content. He has given us life, and, you know, this this is me. Uh, Secondly, it can cause us to forget our heavenly citizenship, and we're just so focused on how we feel and how we want to manage our body and appearance and image that we forget our heavenly citizenship. And the third way it can affect us as Christians, I'd be curious, well, I don't want to get all your opinions to this one afterwards, but I, have, I want to throw this out here, a, a way it can affect us, our prayer life. Um, and let me explain it to you this way. Uh, every morning, uh, before our my family goes for the day, we'll have a word of prayer. And uh, I would... Over time, your prayer uh, has a kind of liturgical quality to it. There are certain things that I might say different, but there are certain things that I, I will say the same every day in our family prayer. It just kind of works out that way. And uh, one thing as a, as a husband and a father that, of course, is of huge concern to me is simply the well-being of my wife and my children. I mean, that's, that's huge. And I thought about that in terms of prayer. And I shifted a little bit in my prayer, though. So uh, now, uh, the thing I pray about first is that each member of my family would honor God. First, today would be a faithful disciple of Jesus. And then at the end of the prayer, I will pray that God keeps my family safe, healthy, and strong. I have heard Christians pray for things, for like maybe travel or other things. And the only thing about the prayer is, Lord, keep me safe, which of course I'm not against. We, need, we should pray for that. But is that all we pray for? Is that the most important thing on any given day? So I, I throw that out there for you to uh, think about and, uh, and uh, to, to consider. Um, shouldn't this affect how we pray? So those are some uh, thoughts on the world's perspective when it comes to the body. And now I'd like us to fill our minds and our thoughts with the word's perspective, with, with God's perspective. The scripture reading this evening is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 1 to 10. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. This is the word of the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 provides context for this passage. Paul talks in chapter 4 about suffering for Jesus Christ. That involves not only mental suffering, but physical suffering, actual hurt, injury to his body for the sake of the gospel, to plant churches, to spread the good news. So Paul is is talking about what he is enduring, how he is hurting through this. So that is the context when we come to uh, chapter 5 here. And what Paul does in these 10 verses is gives us three reasons to hope. Three reasons to hope. And we all need these, these hopes in our lives. Because today, even though we are strong and healthy, time flies by. And our bodies are decaying. And the end comes for, for this. And the, and the Bible, God's word is real. It doesn't beat around the bush. It says, this is true. This is what's going on now. And it's, and it's tough. But God's word doesn't just leave us with the, the toughness and the, the gravity of death. It also gives us hope as well. And so the first hope that uh, is talked about is the hope of a resurrected body. And in verse 1, for we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God. What was Paul's occupation? What was his trade when he was on earth? He was a a tent maker. And so Paul's thinking about this. And, oh, I, I know about tents. And you know what? My body? It's kind of like a tent. I mean, tents are, are useful and handy and all, but you really don't want to be in a tent in a violent storm. It's much more secure to be in a, in a, in a house, in a building. It's, it's a stronger structure. And in a similar way, our bodies currently kind of like a tent. But that's not all there is to the story there is more. God promises a resurrected body, and that resurrected body is a permanent, strong structure. It is a dwelling that lasts forever. and this is a hope that we have. In the next couple of verses, Paul changes his imagery from building to close, to close and uh, We groan because life in this body is is just not right, and and, and we suffer. Our clothes are are ragged and worn. Uh, Coming here this evening, you did not come here in the clothes that you garden or paint with. That would be, you know, if if somebody does fine, but it would be a little odd. You you put on something a little nice to come around other people and you do this, and especially all of you are wearing clothes. This is a good thing, okay? <clears throat> Honestly, it would be shameful the other way, and <clears throat> our mortal bodies, they, they wear out. They are so weak. They're like ragged clothing, or even worse, having no clothing, and so we we groan. There, there's a a sense in which we, we groan in this life and we long for better clothing and this better clothing as Paul describes in verses 2 through 4 is a resurrected body a heavenly dwelling and what's kind of interesting what he does here is when we think about death we often think about death swallowing up life Okay, we're alive and then this This external force that we cannot control swallows up our lives. But what does Paul write here? He says, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Hope in this eternal life gets the last word, not death. So we have this hope in the resurrected body. Secondly, we have hope from the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Paul's image of building, tense, then his image of clothing, now he moves to the business world. The Holy Spirit is a deposit. It's a business term. It is a down payment for what is to come. My friends, as the Spirit of God works in your life currently to transform you into Christ-likeness, we call this sanctification. As, as you mature in the faith, what is this? Maturity in the faith is the Holy Spirit of God, the presence of God working Within you, transforming you, conforming you to the image of Christ. So as you see this maturity in the faith, it should also bring a sense of hope. God is with me. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God that indwells me. And this is a deposit of something much greater that is to come. So, hope that comes from the present day work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. And then, the hope to be with Jesus. The hope to be with Jesus. Therefore, we are always confident to know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For We live by faith and not by sight. This passage is not saying that while in the body, we cannot have a relationship with Jesus. It is not saying that while in the body, we cannot sense a closeness of God and have sweet times of of worship and communion with Almighty God that stir our soul. It is not saying that. It is saying this that that relationship that you have with Jesus right now, those times when, when your soul seems to just rise above and lift towards the heavenlies, that is just a little glimmer, a little taste of what is to come. That is living by faith, and someday we will be in the presence of God. We will be with Jesus, I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking about youth. I have a habit of doing that often, and I was thinking about texting and uh, communicating through Facebook. You know, and it's you know always important for the adults to to say, now you can't keep a relationship just digitally, okay? I mean, your whole relationship is just texting or. Facebook message? Is that all that there is? And, and uh, you know what, I, I work at Timothy, and uh, the students that I am with, they are they, they're relational. I'm not you know, picking on you at all. Very, you know. Uh, because when you're talking with someone face-to-face, and you get to know them because you're with them bodily, there is more of a depth in the relationship there than just if the relationship is solely texting. And there are people that do that. All it is is texting. Um, Our relationship with Jesus Christ is is real. It's it's better than texting, okay? Um, However, there is so much more, so much more in the new heavens and the new earth. And we need to be reminded of this because sometimes... What's real is just what we see. In the scripture, God's word, his perspective, is there's a lot of reality that we can't see, and so we are exhorted to live by faith and not just by sight. God is the giver of life, and it is certainly not wrong to want to live a long life. It's just kind of something we all naturally want as humans, right? That's not wrong. But what does it mean to be human and to live for Jesus Christ? We are called to be controlled by the spirit, not to be controlled by bodily desires. The most important thing is how we live not how long we live, because to live is Christ. With these words right here, I think that a persecuted Christian could probably preach this better than I and would have more weight to his words. Nevertheless, we are still called to think about this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, to close, uh, in college, I uh, sustained my first broken bone. And it was right here in an intramural sport. So I went to the orthopedic guy, and because of the nature of the break, he had to put a cast on up to here Okay, for this little bone cast on up to here. So I had this cast that I was looking at all the time. I was living with it all the time. And I'd never had a cast before, so it was kind of cool. I did not want people to write on the cast. I don't want that. But I wrote a Bible reference on the cast. It was 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18. The verse immediately preceding Chapter 5, verse 1. And here's what it says. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal.